0: Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, I just wanted to welcome back our dear friend Karina Mendez Cunningham, because she's awesome. And in today's episode with her, we talk about trauma, we talk about addiction, and we talk about attachment. You see, if you can understand yourself and understand how your past influences your present, then you can start to build a life that makes sense. Otherwise, you will always get in your own way. Because you'll be going along, having a great day, and then take a sharp left turn into sad town, or Angerville, or wherever, and you won't even understand why. Well, that's because you don't know your past, and the traumas that caused you to act in certain ways. So, we unpack this. It's a bit of a longer conversation. It's a bit of a slower conversation. But that's good. You don't always want fast food. Fast food, in fact, isn't that good for you. That's like TikTok, right? Sometimes you need to sit down and eat your nutrients, get your vitamins, have your greens. And that's what this conversation is. So sit back, enjoy, and let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. We have a special guest all the way from Uncle David's house. Not Uncle Dave, not Aunt away. It's Karina Mendez Cunningham. We haven't heard from her for a while. And we wanted to talk. She gave me a bunch of things that she's kind of interested in, that she thinks about and that inform her work and what she does. And one of them that I really liked that got me excited was the wisdom of trauma. Because if you use your past to inform your present, to make better decisions for your future, then there's nothing wasted. But most people completely waste their past by reliving it or by not learning their lessons. Or by yes. judging it or accusing the past of being the reason, blah, 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 blah. And you got into this, why? Why? Where did this topic come from, please, inform us?
1: Hello, everyone. Really great to be back in the podcast. I feel like every time I come here, I speak better English, so I hope it gets better and more clear. And you're aging. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but... There wasn't a trauma. It was a documentary that Gabor from Gabor Mate, and that uh, we watched already like five months ago or something like that, a long time ago. And I remember that I didn't want to watch it because I thought it would be so boring. And then it really trapped me. And I think I watched it like four times already by right now. Although as everything that we hear and we learn from, I think it just is something that we need to use for, our, for ourselves and to help others. I don't believe in the only truth right like there is different ways to see our lives and to see our circumstances and to see I guess the truth but I think inform ourselves and hearing different perspectives can help us and different of us will connect with different perspectives and ideas right so the reason I connect specifically with this one and we're going to be talking about it more like some of the concepts and so on but this one specifically I connect because I feel like I was able to experience something like that of trauma healing in my life. And I was able to put a word to what I was experienced through what I learned through Gabor Mate in the documentary. And I learned a lot and I learned a lot about myself. So that's why I think that it will be actually very interesting to talk about it in the podcast of Hainun because he talks about addiction and we talk and address addiction a lot so that's why I see relevant for now for here
0: yeah well i guess we should start there because you know what's really annoying is the psychiatric body in america they kind of they get to define everything and there's a group of people and it's not just scientific these people it's very mm-hmm. it's very political it's really wild and they refuse in many ways to classify porn as an addiction because then they'd have to take it seriously. But there's so many extremely, you know, there's a lot of psychiatrists that actually recommend porn to people as a form of therapy. So it's very sticky. But that's why, you know, Gabor Mate, the fact that he became, and it's so weird to me that he became famous because him and Jordan Peterson are both like very humble parts of Canada and you would never think that anything would trend from Canada except for Drake. For all you Drake (laughs) Drake fans out there. But because he's famous... And then he also started to change the definition of addiction. I think it opened up the possibility for people to take addiction a little bit more seriously, that it's like we all are somewhat addicted to so many things based on his definition, whereas addiction in the psychiatric, I forget the name, their acronym, but like the Psychiatric Board of America, they classify it in a very narrow way. So it's like, oh, addiction is only for serious things like gambling or alcohol, but porn, that's not, you know. So can you help us understand how does he classify addiction, Gabamante?
1: It's very interesting because when we talk about addiction, there are actually two main perspectives, right? One is the one that you born addicted. So it's like something that you don't have control of. You simply are addicted and you are born like that and you have to fix that through medication or through certain things. Or the other perspective is you choose to be addicted, right? And it's like, oh man, if you're addicted to something, just stop to do it. You know? And (laughs) why it's like you're choosing to be in that position. Right. So although both of them they can have part of the truth talking about the truth, Mm -hmm. there are very simplistic way of seeing addiction and actually doesn't recognize all the things that impact an individual to become addicted to something. So Gabor Maté talked about addiction and he defines it, and I'm going to say it with my own words, that something that it has a behavior or a consumption of substances or media or things, a consumption of things or behavior that we do that has a negative effect on us and we cannot stop doing it either way, no matter what. So addiction can be, of course, consuming drugs, cigarettes, alcohol, substances. Addiction can be gaming, porn. But addiction can be any behavior that as society we call it as good, but is starting to have a negative impact in our lives, like extreme exercise or overworking. So although society creates with or society encourages those behaviors as something good. whenever we do it and those behaviors start to have a negative impact on us and our lives, on those close to us, then that's an addiction as well. And addiction usually comes from a place where we are lacking something and we are receiving or we're getting a substitute of what we need through that addiction. So, for example, so many people who have addiction to cigarettes, they say that cigarettes give them peace, give them a moment of relax. And that is the key point of the addiction. That's where you cannot understand where is coming from that addiction and what are you needing from that. For example, other examples, other people who have an addiction, work addiction, and they work so much that they don't, they kind of think about other things and they think that the value comes from work. They, usually they do it to numb themselves because their own emotions are too strong. Their own feelings are too strong, that they cannot feel by themselves. So they prefer to distract themselves with an activity that it sounds productive, And at the same time, receive some acceptance from society through doing that, right? So you put yourself value with that activity and you numb yourself. But at the same time, you're being addicted to that and you're not being full in your life. So why I put those two type of examples is because addiction can be something that society thinks that is good, but I think society thinks that are bad, right? So we need to go deeper on the concept of addiction, not only on why, or what I'm I'm addicted to and how I can get out of that addiction specifically, but why, or what I'm trying to get through that behavior that I'm having that I cannot stop.
0: Yeah, that's important too, because porn is definitely like meeting natural urges in unnatural ways, but that can also, like porn is unnatural in and of itself. It's just, you know, you're staring at a stupid phone. It's got no value. It's really interesting because it's not just the destructive habit that takes over your life. It could be a healthy habit that becomes destructive. So it's not inherently bad. It's just used in the wrong way. So that's cool. I like that. Also, it's very inclusive. It's an inclusive definition of addiction, right? Because you can, we all fit into that. Do you have any addictions?
1: Well, I think I mentioned a lot of like, work addiction because it's something connected to me i don't know specifically only about work but i think i'm i tend to numb myself trying to kind of like get involved in being busy i think like more than working is being busy and uh, yeah it's like being busy being productive feels good I think it makes you feel like uh oh I adding value to this world, right? And I now it's better, but I remember being a part of my life where I couldn't live without being volunteer on something and spending, I don't know, at least ten hours per day um being in ten hours per week. I mean, on top of my other responsibilities, being responsible towards something and having some kind of leadership position in my community that will make me feel uh, good and busy at the same time so I think that's my biggest tendency of addiction I guess
0: yeah just like a steamroller just chugging along just keep going don't stop because then you'll have to actually think and feel (laughs) yeah I hear you. I think that's pretty common for altruistic people, right? Is that you want to feel like you're helping this world. And sometimes the only way you can feel that is by doing everything all the time. Mm. And then the typical person that I know that lives that life is pretty empty on the inside and they have no ability to receive anything whatsoever. They are completely inept in receiving love, compliments, You know, that we all know these people, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Like you're addicted to volunteerism. So then what's the downside of that? When you work too much, just to give like a real practical example, because I'm sure Mm -hmm. some people experience that who are listening, like what's the downside? Because we do live in a hustle culture. Some Mm -hmm. people, I've heard a term hustle porn which is like Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you know that Gary Vee, who were like, just like a lot of hustle quotes. Like you just gotta, you go all in, like burn your bridges and all this stuff. That's all hustle porn because it's just glamorizing the effort, you know, Mm. to an unhealthy degree. So what would be some negative repercussions that you might've experienced from working too hard?
1: Well, I think usually it's not only that because it comes from the part of numbing yourself and then when you have negative feelings, you don't know how to process them and then you got to get some pleasure or feeling in some other another thing, right? And then that's the more negative addictions that you have, right? Because usually don't stay there, only there. You go like you go worse and worse with time, right? So for example, this happened to me yesterday. I was faced by a negative emotion and I was like, oh my gosh, I felt so so bad, you know, and I felt hurt. And I remember I was scrolling with my phone on Facebook. Not (laughs) seeing anything or not doing anything but just being there and like I didn't want it to do anything I didn't want it to feel my feelings you know and I was just scrolling there and I remember seeing a, a post from Fight a New Drug about porn and then I was I've had this feeling like oh I understand why people will watch porn when they feel this way I, I myself didn't do it But I understood, you know, why people, when they feel that way, you know, they will look for porn in those situations. You know, in my case, I was just scrolling on Facebook, but that's still an addiction because I was doing it just to numb myself, to not feel my emotions, right? And you can numb yourself through watching YouTube to... disconnect and that's the key thing i think is that all of addictions are come from a place of trying to disconnect yourself or not feel because we have a pain inside and that pain
0: i just really want you to unpack that because i i hear this so much and i believe in it but i think that We can become numb to certain terminology when we hear it. But I know like yesterday, I would love for you to talk about this. Like you're feeling something. You don't have to go into too many details, but like you're feeling something and you pull out your phone and then you start scrolling instead of feeling the feeling. When I hear that feeling the feeling, like what, what does that mean? What would that look like if you did what you wanted to be doing? the most productive thing you could have done, what would that have been? What's like an alternative to scrolling on Facebook?
1: I think just stop, sit in a comfortable position, meditative position and feel what is happening in your body. For example, I did it this morning when I was brave enough to do it and just feel like, oh yeah, my back is tense, my neck is tense. I have a throat pain. My heart, how I feel some pain, you know. I just feel the emotions in your body, feels how those that is impacting your body, and put a name to those emotions. What I'm feeling? Oh, I'm feeling sad. Oh, I'm feeling hurt. You don't even need to understand why, you know, or you're going too deep on the why, trying to fix them, but just to accept them. Like, oh, and this is a concept that it comes out from a 15 commitments of uh, conscious leadership that talks about emotions and they say emotions are energy in movement, emotions, energy in movement. And when you are able to actually feel your emotions all the way through, the energy doesn't stuck there. When you feel it, it moves. It's an energy that moves and flows. But if you don't let it flow, you don't feel it. Although it's a scary because that's the biggest problem It's a scary and hard to do it, right? You had to go, it's like almost go to the process of pain and feel it. But once you allow the energy to flow and feel all the way through, then the emotion can be released. The energy can be released. And
0: so is that what happened? I would love for you to talk about yesterday versus today. Okay. So yesterday you felt an emotion and you avoided it by going on Facebook. You're scrolling. So what happens yeah. to your emotion in that circumstance? Where do those emotions go? What happens to them?
1: I have a terrible sleep night.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah. you're basically <laughs> repressing them. They don't go away. They're there, and yeah. then it it bubbles up in different ways. And for you last night, you experienced the bad sleep.
1: Yeah. Was it
0: like <laughs> restless dreams. sleep? Like you're rolling around, or what? You punching rolling your husband around, in the face.
1: Bad dreams, like scary dreams, and just. Not sleeping so well. I mean, I cannot tell you, Andrew, that I'm 100% over now. I'm just a little bit more calm. And like, I just took a couple of minutes before this, like saying like, okay, what I'm feeling, right? I know, I'm just
0: trying to put this into like a real practical reality so that people can do this experiment. Because like, we all do it. We all, instead of acknowledging the fact that you feel awkward in a situation, you pull out your phone. If you're in in a lobby waiting in a restaurant or something like that for your table by yourself. So then, okay, that was yesterday. So guaranteed, everybody, if you don't deal with your emotions, you're going to have bad dreams. And Karina's going to haunt your dreams. She's going to (laughs) be in your dreams. That's Freddy Krueger, I guess. And then today, you know, you tried something a little bit different. And like you said, it wasn't, it's not like you perfected it. But do do you feel like by sitting there and letting those emotions do their thing, that they, where did they go? (laughs) Did they evaporate? What happens to them? Do they, you sweat them out? What happened? Because you said they're no. in motion. And so motion to, to what? To where? To what, what happens to them? Fart them out? What they,
1: they transform. They transform. They move into your body and they get released. They're like waves on the ocean. We sometimes put too much emphasis on the motion as the motion is our state and emotions are like waves. Motion doesn't define us as a person. But when we don't actually allow them to feel them, then they get stuck in our bodies. And then our body, our spirit puts so much energy to hold on that emotion that you cannot feel, you cannot live feel 100%. Let me tell you another experience I had with this. And so my aunt, she was becoming a hypnosis. She was starting hypnosis. And she did an exercise with me a couple of years ago. And whenever I just relaxed, I started to cry too much, you know, like it was too much feeling. So I blocked myself, but I couldn't do it with her. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. I cannot do this. This is too much. And then I was like, no, but I kind of stopped myself. The main feeling was fear. I cannot keep having this fear in my life, you know? So she was in Brazil. She was from Brazil. So when I came back to Uruguay. I found a, another person that can guide me through hypnosis to allow myself to feel that emotion. So I went to, with that person, to the hypnosis and I, in the hypnosis, once I relaxed, I started to allow myself to feel the fear and all my body started to shake. All my body, all my, all my like muscles were shaking. And I was like, and it was so scary on top of the fear. Like it was so scary, but I was saying, okay, this is a safe place to feel this emotion. And I thought I will die. I will die here. I, I thought this would be eternal, you know. But then once I felt the emotion, you know, and it got to the peak and I felt at 100%, then the emotion started to release. And I didn't have, and I just felt so much lighter. And that was not... I don't know if it's a process of healing or not, I don't know, but it really like, wow, I felt that emotion that was trapped on myself for so many years that it felt so big in the moment. And I remember that then I used to be so afraid to talk to people on the streets, you know, the people who are asking for money. And I always say, no, no, no. And then I remember coming back to my house. Someone approached me for money. And I was like, oh, I'm, I actually talked to him more than no. I say, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I don't have a money, but I hope you have a great day. And I was like, then I, he left. Thank you. And I was like, what happened to me? I had never been able to say more than two words to those people, you know? And the, the fear just left, like, I process that fear, right? And of course, like, I've been processing that fear for all these years too. And I'm still doing it. But that's how I think how it feels It's like they just you allow yourself to feel the emotions and the emotions, then they get released because they finally being able to fulfill their purpose because the emotions are there to be felt, to be felt, to give you some information and then they leave your body. I don't know if you relate that or you you can share some stories about it.
0: I don't think I had any experiences like that necessarily. I can definitely tell that I'm more numb to other people's states, right? Because I have more people in my immediate space. I have kids. I have a wife. We're in a small space. So I'm not in tune with them nearly as much. But I didn't spend the time to meditate in the morning, take care of myself, and things don't work out so well, right? But like I can, I can definitely help them more. When I take that time,
1: if you numb your negative emotions, you know, that you don't want to feel like those emotions that we call it negative, like sadness or anger or all the those more challenges, emotions, then you cannot feel the positive emotions either. You cannot feel joy, the real joy. You cannot feel the real gratitude. You cannot feel the spark of life. As well, and it's actually interesting because it's connected with the definition of trauma of the uh, Gabor Mate from from the documentary that it says trauma is not what happens to us, but what happens inside us. So it is people think that we the only way that we had traumas is we have have experienced a traumatic. If we have a a traumatic experience and yes, traumatic experience can give us some trauma, but the trauma doesn't come for the experience, it comes for what happens inside us. So sometimes as a kid or even adults, we have an experience that we, other people who might not see it as traumatic, but inside us, we have a strong emotion that we were not ready or we didn't feel able to feel it all the way through it was too strong for us so for in that way we disconnect ourselves from that emotion and through disconnecting ourselves through that emotion we start to feel numb and we start to lose authenticity as well so all that we basically are in constant trauma all our daily day as much as we numb ourselves to our feelings and emotions from the present and from the past.
0: We had a really great episode with somebody who basically was, he had an event happen to him when he was young that involved being humiliated when he got pants by his siblings. His elder brother pulled down his pants in front of other kids. They all laughed at him. And then he, he didn't even really remember this for many years, but that he had like this crazy underwear fetish for the longest time. And he didn't notice that what drove his desire to seek out that type of porn, that type of imagery was this one event, right? But it's not that that event could have happened to other people and they could have just laughed it off. So it's not the event itself. It's at his stage in life, how he interpreted that event and what that did to his internal world. So like the idea of the wisdom of trauma, we, we've all been traumatized or we've all experienced our own trauma that we've kind of interpreted. So how do you un how do you unravel that? How do you start the process of understanding that? How do you go from the stupidity of trauma or the ignorance of trauma, I guess, to the wisdom of trauma? How do you start that process?
1: I think the say, the first step is actually self awareness. If you're not self aware of what is happening inside you, and I don't know the tra- the Traumatic experiences, because, for example, I don't remember my traumatic experiences, but I do feel the trauma on my body, right? I, I In that, for example, experience, I didn't have a, a memory. And even if there's a memory, the memory can be fake because our body, our mind interprets things in a weird way sometimes, right? So sometimes it's not only about the memory, but what happens to you. And that's more important that the experience itself. So the first thing I think is to be self-aware and to recognize that you have that, you know, and you have those emotions and what are the main emotions and self-aware of your body, self-aware of what it feels in your body, how that feels in your body. And after you are self-aware of it, then you can accept it without judgment. I accept that I have this trap in my body. I accept that I am... All this that have happened to me, and I feel this way, you know? I think without acceptance, we cannot change, right? And there's a quote, I don't remember who said it, but I can post it later. Then uh, something like that. Like, Ooh. the interesting thing about life is that when we accept ourselves as we are, then we can change. So we have to recognize and accept without judgment where we are at. And then after that, when we can feel love from god from those who are around us and understand us who we are at where we are at that moment that's where i don't think there are there is healing or there's completely love there's completely healing of trauma without someone that can love you unconditionally and that person or being can be god or god through people in your life then i think when we feel a hundred percent all our emotions and we can accept it and we feel love either way, then we can feel and then we can move on, you know, and we can heal those traumatic experiences. But at the same time, I think at some point we need just to learn how to live with them and to understand what they're looking for, right? So for example, coming back to addiction, addiction is basically a way of numbing ourselves and trying to get what we need from that experience, right? So if we have a traumatic experience where we felt And peace, then we go to an addiction that makes us feel peace, right? Then how we can fulfill our need, and that's where the wisdom of trauma is that through our traumas, we can understand what we need, and then Mm. we can try to fill that with the right things. So understanding that our addiction is actually not fulfilling us, not fulfilling our needs, and what is that thing that can fulfill our main need.
0: So there's also wisdom in addiction, right? Because, I mean, that's a good place for people to start is where where do you go when you don't want to go there? Like porn is obviously a classic one, but like you said, there's YouTube, there's all sorts of things. And then we start looking at, well, what do I want when I'm here? It's like a tough question. i right? like, why am I going here? What, do I, what am I looking for? Because somebody who doesn't have that self-awareness, they're just like, because I want to por- watch porn. It's like, yeah. Peel back another layer. Find out why do you think you want to watch porn? Oh, because I feel sexual. Why do you feel sexual? You know, and like when you keep on peeling back these layers, you find out if you spend the time to learn, you can learn a lot about the fact that loneliness might drive your addiction or feeling of, I know one guy in particular who's really hard on himself and he sees no value in himself. So he's like, why not? It doesn't matter anyway. So... There's wisdom in this trauma, but if you don't have access to the trauma, you have direct access to your addiction just by observing yourself and figuring out why Why am I going here right now? And that'll kind of lead you to that need that you have, and then you can start on understanding yourself. And then I wanted to hear what you had to say about attachment. That's really cool. I like this conversation about attachment because there's healthy attachment, right? And then there's unhealthy attachment. Can you lay out both so that people can understand what is healthy and what is unhealthy?
1: Sure, so when we're born, we don't have the capacity to feel our emotions all the way through because our brain haven't been developed, so our emotions haven't been developed, so we actually don't have the capacity to feel a hundred percent and it's true it can be very overwhelming for babies to have an emotion, and that's why they need an adult, someone that is mature enough to process that emotion with them, right? So it's very interesting. Like when kids are actually on anger or sad, they what they're doing and they're, they express it in a very strong way. And what they're doing is trying to pass their emotions from them to you. They're like, this is too much for me. I want you to feel the same way I'm feeling, you know? So that's why uh, adults have a uh, very important role in kids to help them process that emotion, if uh, there's an adult there with them, they can both, like through the body of the of the adult and the kid, they can feel comfort and process that those emotions that they're having. And uh, there is a word for that, but I forget. Either way, anyway, so it is really important for kids. Baby born's incapable, right? If there's no someone there taking care of them, they just gonna die. So they actually, for to survive, they need attachment. They need attachment to connect emotionally with the adults, right? With the parents. But what happens is like that process actually takes a couple, several years, Uh, you know? Um, actually, your yeah, brain process to the point that you can feel your emotions all the way through only when you are like 18 or 20, something like that. Like, so it's... The process of for the brain to develop to their main capacity it actually takes so long. So the attachment to where their parents or the adults it actually re- is required for long time in their life. So what happens then? Usually, sometimes parents neglect their children, or at some point of their lives, they want their kids to attach more with their friends than with their parents, you know, like, oh, I spend more time with your friends or friends. As adults stop having, uh, spending that much time with parents or with adults because kids can attach to different adults. And this is something that Gabor Mate talks about is that in the primitive tribes, kids will spend more time with adults than with other kids because all adults will feel that The children of the tribe, they are their children, right? So kids will attach themselves with different adults too. So what happens, then adults will teach them how to process their emotion and they will connect with mature adults that they don't require anything from their children. But what happens in society is that first we get disconnected with our parents for different reasons and then we attach ourselves with our peers first instead of with our parents at some point in life. It's like, at some point, it's like, okay, you're growing up. Go to play with your friends. Don't bother me, right? And then we start to attach our emotional attachment that we need. We do it with our friends. And then that starts to create problems because between peers of people who cannot process their emotions (laughs) as well, then it actually starts to become a mess, right? Sooner or later, their attachments over each other they start to hurt each other and then they start to get a mess so then after that hurt like the kids try to feel attached and everything that they attach over something they feel hurt because someone got the process of detachment too so we start to attach ourselves with something that thinks that we can control and that's where addiction comes and we attach ourselves to porn and the images of porn because that's something that we can control and then we can feel loved though. We touch ourselves where our love stories. I mean, you know, like our books about love story. We touch ourselves over fantasy. We touch ourselves over the image of ourselves in social media, for example. So that's where things kind of start to get messy because they will never give us actually the love and the, the connection that we need.
0: So as a 25-year-old What are healthy attachments for like a young adult? Does that still matter? Like your parents' relationship? Or is that just during the formulating while you're building your character and stuff like that?
1: I think it really matters the connection with your parents. But at the same time, there are a lot of adults out there that we can connect with, right? For example, now we are in the Uncle Davey and house and I feel them as my parents too, you know? I have adults in my life, my Young adult years still there, but in the past, too, where I attach myself to other adults. And I, at the same time, have felt lonely. And I need, and those were the times where I need to feel and an attach toward God. And that's, I think, those are the most special moments because although you can attach to people, people change, people's circumstances change, their time is different. But we friends. <laughs> with the universe and the fact that we have a creator god is there we can attach to god and we can attach ourselves with this love right but at the same time that's why i think it's so important to be on the right community when we are growing up and having this sense of tribe and community and once you get older the better that you can have older brothers and sisters who can take care of you and you can learn a lot from them and yeah i think those kind of things really help too
0: yeah i like that so it's good i guess for everybody to kind of look at where you go in times of crisis because or you know difficult times because that's probably something that you feel attached to right whether you go to god or whether you go to porn whether you go to the internet like you said and attached to your need for attention, because that's where you find your value. This is all really good information for you to figure out where you're getting your strength from, from a solid place. Because it sounds like attachment is really like, that's your anchor as a kid. That's, your, that's the stable footing that you have in order to kind of build yourself up. And if you don't have that, you're building yourself on shaky grounds and you're easily broken and hurt and very vulnerable. So everybody who's listening to this is above the age of 10. (laughs) So those formative years are over. So now it's good to look at, okay, well, where have I attached myself? Where do I find value? Where do I find connection? And if it's not healthy, then it's probably a good idea that you start finding healthier ways to get that connection Mm. and sense of value and self-esteem and all that kind of stuff.
1: That's where the group from Hainun, the Hainun University, the group of Hainun, they are Such a meaningful place to be, right? And place where you can actually connect and be known by others. And it's not only one person, it's a group of people that they're receiving support from above, right? And there is some kind of system and structure where you can connect and attach to. And it is a helpful time period as well to be self-aware because I think so many people are worried about being self-aware and feeling their emotions because it's scary. So sometimes it's better to start with people, you know, like, okay, maybe you don't need to do it by yourself through meditation because it can be very scary at the beginning, but you can do it in in a group and having people there to support you and support the process that you're going through.
0: Yeah, I think the steps are... It's hard to feel comfortable by yourself. So at least start by being comfortable with a group of other people that are there to kind of grow themselves. And that's what these groups are because they have every interest in listening to you because that's them growing. So it's actually a perfect place to learn to be a little bit more comfortable just sitting there, listening to other people, participating in the group. And then hopefully you can move on to participating and being by yourself. <laughs> you know. It's like a lost skill that I think most people have no idea what it's like to be alone with their own thoughts. They don't even have their own thoughts. I don't know. Again, we have no idea to gain what the percentage of society, but like whatever countries have access to high speed internet and of all those people that have the ability to have phones, those people, there's such a huge percentage of those people who never have a peaceful thought or time by themselves because every millisecond is filled by some sort of stimulus coming from these devices, whether it's music and then it's people's lyrics going in your mind or shows, you know, or whatever, whatever the case may be. So, but that's very valuable because it's in that time that you get to know all this stuff that we're talking about attachment, trauma, addiction, all this stuff becomes much clearer. So in all of this, I think one great action step is to just be still, you know, spend time. If you're feeling negative emotions, feel them. If you're feeling positive emotions, feel them. (laughs) Like, allow yourself. And if you're feeling nothing, because I know I'm talking to somebody who's also studying that numbness is also a feeling. If you're feeling numbness, be aware of that too. Like, hey, I'm feeling numb because that's really good information, right? Like, you know, do you have any last words, any last, Wisdom that you can parlay.
1: Uh no, no, really, it's, it's really great to have these conversations and to ask you say not just to stay there. And as I said, this is a way of interpreting what it happens inside ourselves, and when there are other ways to interpret it, and find the best way that fits you. It's not about. The concept or the ideology or the formula, this actually, the important thing is what brings results to your life and what sticks with you, right? And the main point is that we and all of us wants to be happy. And for that, we need to be connected with ourselves. So no matter which form that takes in your life, try to connect with yourself because that's where you're going to, find the scary things ever but where you're gonna find as well your the joy and the authenticity of being yourself
0: all right so thank you for stopping by karina and waxing intellectual with us a little bit and we'll see you in a little bit hopefully not so long it's been too long
1: thank you everyone have a great time
0: Bye. hey before you go i wanted you to consider checking out high noon connect so if you go to our website, highnoon.org, you'll notice, first of all, we have a brand new website, which is beautiful. And also, you'll notice that there's the opportunity to join High Noon Connect. The essence of what High Noon is morphing into is a community. We are better together, and sexual integrity involves other people, okay? If you're struggling with pornography, you need the help of brothers and sisters, of people in a community dedicated to helping lift you up. And even if you're not, if you're in a relationship and you just want more intimacy, more love, more joy, or if you're single and you just want to be a person that can live according to their values in the area of sexuality and you want to be around a group of people who are fighting in the same way, then please go to highnoon.org and sign up for High Noon Connect. There's a free version and a paid version. We want to make this as accessible as possible. And we're a nonprofit, so we're not trying to make a buck here. We're just trying to create a community off of Facebook that gives a focused conversation, focused energy, focused attention on building sexual integrity as a cultural intention. So go to highnoon.org. We'll see you there.